0: What is going on everybody we are back with another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast i've got mr fox with me it is going to be a jam-packed episode today we are going to talk about free agents who have signed over the weekend. We have got an NFL mock draft that we are going to be participating or doing over our next 11 episodes leading up to the NFL draft is for us, at least it's 11 episodes away, which is crazy to think about. We're already almost there. (laughs) Uh, And then obviously we're going to do our best to get through justice league and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, as both of those dropped last week, I was actually able to watch it. Surprisingly enough, my wife actually wanted to watch it, so we sat and watched all four hours, and we split it up. We did yeah. like the first two, and then that because we we did a little partying uh, Saturday night with some close friends. Finally, got out of the house, so we, we I, know, got, I saw
1: your Twitter story.
0: Whew, it was a fun night. You should have seen uh, some of the uh, group messages I'm in. There was a lot of a uh, lot of drunken talk going back and forth. It was a. Uh, a lot of drinking. I don't usually drink, so it was a lot of drinking involved Saturday night. Mostly because uh, yeah, we went to this live band thing. I'm just going to jump off topic real quick, and I'll probably get back to the show stuff. We did live band, and let's just say, obviously, me living in Texas. Not my kind of music. I'll just put it that way. Really not. If it helps, uh, the band was a one-eyed Joe that can kind of give you an idea of the kind of music we were listening to. Um.
1: Assuming it was country music. Yeah,
0: not a fan. Not a fan no. at all. So there was a lot of alcohol being in, in, you know, I wasn't taking a lot of alcohol. It didn't help that, you know, obviously the night before Ohio state got beat by Oral Roberts, uh, I had Texas going very far in the tournament. They lost that night too. So there was a lot a of alcohol start
1: of to the tournament. It's been, yeah,
0: it's been fun. It's been Great weekend. So yeah, there was a lot of alcohol intake. So uh, yeah, it, it, you know, apologize about the, the fleet and anybody who was in those messages with me. It was a good time, at least I thought. You know, I didn't really care if things that were being said. <laughs> anyway, so how are you doing though on this uh, beautiful Monday?
1: Uh, doing pretty good. It was a uh, it was a nice weekend. I also I watched uh, three and a half hours of the Justice League while waiting for my wife's car at the dealership uh, to get there its nice. brakes done. So that was a nice uh, diversion, and then uh, you know got to see Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was good. Got to kind of chill and hang out uh on saturday my wife decides she would also like to see um justice league but she wants to watch the other movies first so i made the sacrifice and watched man of steel you know and we, we got batman versus superman so i like it when she gets into these things you can go back and rewatch all the the things that you want to watch anyway
0: yeah yeah it was uh yeah i can't wait to talk about it. It's going to, it's going to be a very interesting discussion, but let's go ahead and talk about the free agents. We had, you know, just a lot of the moves happen. Of course, Juju, I think was the one that happened. Was that Friday or it happen almost like right after we got off Thursday. Uh,
1: I think it was, I feel like it was Friday. Maybe Maybe it was was Thursday night.
0: Anyways, a lot of good moves. Uh a lot of the some of the bigger name guys have now signed, so we can talk about that. Let's talk about obviously the biggest name that was on the market, Kenny Galladay. Signs with the Giants four years, 72 million dollars. I'm a massive Kenny Galladay fan. Talked about it. I was hoping that he would go somewhere different. If I'm being honest, I don't necessarily yeah. understand this Biggest really signing.
1: Don't. Also the biggest surprise possibly.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know if it's just, and I get it in the fact of he's a great wide receiver. You know, we talked about this when he, w- we were talking about where he might go. And I thought, you know, maybe he would be one of those guys that takes that one year deal. Like we saw juju take in the fact that he can recoup some of that value coming off an injured year. And then maybe, you know, get ext- and a much better deal next year when the salary cap increases, Maybe this was just by far the best deal that he had out there, but they have a lot of good weapons there. You know, I'm I, I do think Daniel Jones is a good quarterback, I don't think he's great, or in all honesty, maybe even a franchise quarterback. I'm not sure I can say that. I feel like the Giants needed offensive line help and defensive help more than they needed a wide receiver. I, I It's great for Galladay, I guess, and him getting his money. I'm a little bit concerned. I don't think I'm going to have him in even my top 15 right now. Like, that's just quick thoughts on it. I'm not, I I don't, I haven't really sat down and looked at my rankings, but I mean, I just don't. Barkley, Slayton, Shepard, Ingram. Like, I, I I, I think
1: he's clearly the best receiver. Um, Yeah. What we saw last year is. They had 90 plus targets for Slayton and Shepard and didn't have great offensive production. So, yeah. Galladay, Galladay also kind of a big play guy. I mean, uh, the last full season he played, he only caught 65, but it was for 1190 and 11 touchdowns. So, he may not need the, you know, 100 receptions that some other guys need to, to get up there. He was wide receiver nine that year. I'm still going to have him as a upper uh, as a top half wide receiver too. I don't know about top 15 cuz top half wide receiver 2 would go to around 18, you know, if you figure a 12 team league. The biggest question, though, is Daniel Jones. And I think the Giants are really going for it. They agreed to terms. They kept Leonard Williams, a big piece of the defensive line, signed him. I don't know if you just saw the news just passed. Big contract with Adoree Jackson. So they are trying to get those defensive pieces. Offensive line, certainly a question. They seem to be the one – team that whiffed on their first round offensive line pick. I um, can't remember which of the ones they grabbed. We were
0: mildly Andrew Thomas. Yeah, Andrew Thomas. Thomas. That's what, I, yeah. That's yeah, what you wanted Cleveland. I again. thought the Browns were going to take very I'm very happy Giants that they got Jedrick Williams. I've, I've, I've changed my mind.
1: That didn't seem to work out, but sometimes as somebody who has Garrett Bowles on his team and saw Garrett Bowles the first year and thought, what the hell? And now, Garrett Bowles with some better coaching and some time have actually become a pretty good left out guy. I was happy to see Denver re-up. So I think it's too early to completely write him off. Offensive line is also something they could certainly be looking at hitting in the draft, uh, I would assume. Defense, they should be hitting in the draft. They've surrounded Daniel Jones with potentially a great core of weapons. You still have Shepard and Slayton. You add Galladay. They have Evan Ingram. They signed Kyle Rudolph, so you got two tight ends. Saquon Barkley should be coming back, and you have, a, I think, a little bit better handcuff in Devontae Booker. Daniel Jones, his first year, threw for a little over 3,000 yards, 24 touchdowns in 12 games. Last year in 14 starts, 2,993 yards, only 11 touchdowns. Their entire pass offense only produced 12 touchdowns. So that, to me, is more of the, the limiter Galladay on on his talent, I'm still giving him the wide receiver too, benefit of the doubt. Daniel Jones, probably a mid-tier quarterback too for me right now. I have the same questions as you. There are a couple of guys that we are not sure. Daniel Jones is the one of those guys that probably we know is going to get a shot with the Giants. I wouldn't be shocked. I don't know if you'd be shocked to see the Giants take a quarterback in the second, third, or fourth round um, to have somebody else there. They didn't really grab any kind of – I guess they have Mike Glennon. Yeah, Mike Glennon, you know, I would feel worse for Kenny Galladay if Mike Glennon's his quarterback, to be perfectly honest. But there's a group of quarterbacks that they their teams are building weapons. We don't know what they're going to decide to do with Sam Darnold. Drew Locke would be another one I'd put in that that range. These are kind of – their teams can only go as far as they can take them, and I think that's certainly true of Daniel Jones. You look at the Giants – being aggressive, trying to get those pieces. We've seen Washington get big pieces. We saw Dallas make that big deal to keep Dak, to try to keep competition. Aside from Philadelphia, the NFC East is actually turning into a somewhat interesting division. But Daniel Jones is really really the key. What can Jason Garrett get out of him?
0: That's my biggest question, too, is, is I wonder how much of that is Jason Garrett. And, I mean, like, I do think he is a decent offensive coordinator, and maybe it was some of the parts, right, the injuries and everything else going on last year that, that affected the Giants. They just, you just mentioned the stats right there, and there was a stark difference. And one of the biggest things you can add in there is obviously they switched head coaches, but that was also they switched offensive coordinators. And we saw the Cowboys offense the past few years, even before they brought in uh, Kellen Moore, right? That's who, who the new awful. offensive their offense wasn't that great. Uh, so I, I'd be curious to see how much of that was, was a difference. Cause it was uh, well, and
1: Barkley. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: This wasn't Bar- yeah, Barkley was
1: a, just, played there. He missed a couple of games of a year before, but he still rushed for a thousand yards and just having yeah. him out there for 13 games, keeps the defense honest. He played a game in a, you know, game in a couple of snaps, right? Uh, this yeah. year
0: yeah, yeah uh, it wasn't much. so
1: they they really couldn't develop anything behind them i remember we all thought wayne gallman maybe and toward the end of the season they seemed to find something and seemed to find more stable ground um line issues yeah, something wasn't right um and and it could be jason garrett but it's
0: well no yeah I'm, i don't want to put all the blame on him so I, I do think it's a sum of the parts like you were talking about it's a little bit of everything you had an offensive line that was beat up their their rookie that they expected to come in and solidify that left tackle spot i can't i don't want to say he had a horrible season there were times that he played good but it wasn't what they, they wanted. he, a he did that, yeah that, i think he got hurt too flag. if i'm remembering yeah, correctly red. so uh, but I, it was just not a great season overall. So, it, obviously, again, we there was other places I would have preferred him to go. We'll see. I can't write him off just yet because he's an immense talent. You can't take that away from him. And I do think the one thing that helps him is, you know, you talked about he makes those big plays. You also think... With the, his catch radius and everything he does as well, I mean, that could help out as well, Daniel Jones. And, and you don't have to throw it right to his hands. Kenny Galladay is not afraid to go up and get a ball. So he's definitely going to be, in my opinion, their best red zone target outside of Barkley. So he, he definitely brings a dynamic and also a guy that I loved last year in Darius Slayton, I think helps him out because that moves him into that other too. role.
1: I think it hurts Slayton the most because I so? looked at Slayton. Slayton had 90 plus targets and only caught 50 yeah. for seven seven 751. I think he was the the guy that they were big play bombing into, and he's mm-hmm. not going to be now. It seemed like Sterling Shepard was more of a possession guy and still yeah. would be. So it may, it may take the top off Slayton. I mean, for now, I still prefer Slayton to Shepard I think in Dynasty just because I like the talent and you, yeah. you would like to see a connection but the more that I looked at the more I wondered if Kennedy Galladay helps Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and hurts Slayton.
0: See I think it's interesting because you've got that dynamic but then you I would almost think you could say Shepard and Ingram kind of hurt each other as well because they're both going to be uh, working the same air. And, and I mean
1: Ingram and Kyle kind of Rudolph OD, is going to vulture a few targets especially at the Reds. Yeah
0: it's well, plus, said, hey.
1: are they going to run more? And you know what we forget? Saquon Barkley is so. not only a good running back. He was an incredible pass weapon. Yeah. Um, that that also hurts underneath. But they're only going to be able to go as far as as Daniel Jones can develop. And honestly, I, would it surprise you if that offense can only support one good running back and one good receiver and everybody no. else is hit or miss? I mean, that – That feels like that could potentially be the case. You know, you have a couple of wide receiver three and four games.
0: Yeah, I I could see one other wide receiver being viable, maybe low end wide receiver two, just because I I still think that defense is not going to be that good. And if this offense is able to take a step forward, then I I expect them to be in a lot of shootouts, especially in that division. Dallas and Washington look like the clear class of the division at the moment. And with those deep, well, Dallas's defense isn't great, but Washington's defense, if the Giants' defense can't keep teams' offenses off the field, then they're going to have to be in shootouts. And I have no doubt that they'll throw the ball. So maybe they'll be able to kind of bring in a Slayton or, or Shepard, maybe not every week, but it's one of those that at the end of the season, you look, i like, oh, wow, Slayton finished his wide receiver 23. Like, you wouldn't have mm-hmm. expected that, but it was just one of those things where he has those couple big games here and there. So, Well, I was kind of be surprised
1: with how much it seemed like Slayton disappeared last year, 50 for 751 and three. You know, he was a wide receiver for it. You thought of him as just being a complete bust. Yeah. But really, <clears throat> it's the touchdown question i was shocked the touchdown regression I mean, daniel jones in 12 games had 24 passing touchdowns as a rookie yeah. he had 11 in 14 starts and their entire team only had 12 in 16 games that's a pretty pitiful output
0: yeah so the next wide receiver to sign was juju smith schuster he signs a one-year eight million dollar deal with the steelers i think this is a phenomenal move on both sides now i did see a lot of hate on it because was Kansas City and who is the other one? It was a good offense. I can't. Baltimore. Remember it was it uh, a not a good offense. I thought it was somebody else. Kansas City and Baltimore offered, I believe Kansas City was a two year deal. I believe Baltimore was close to the same, they said, right around the same amount. So I think
1: Baltimore was the high deal, and Kansas City had like
0: a bonus that he didn't gotcha. get. What's going on, Dennis? Uh <laughs> let's so yeah. I, I think it's a great deal from this aspect. If you look at Pittsburgh's cap situation, they're going to hit with a ton of money next year. Juju now shows, hey, I'm loyal to the Steelers organization. Maybe they're more willing to pay him more money next year. I saw a lot of people like, I don't understand why people hate on players when they choose deals for whatever reason. It's not your money. It's not your life. I saw so many people talking so much crap about, why wouldn't you go to Kansas City? He didn't want to. Why does it matter to you? Like, I I don't understand the hate on that. I think it's a great deal. Is Pittsburgh going to throw it a thousand times this year? No, probably not. We've seen they want to come in to running the
1: ball. Currently, Benny Snell is their running
0: back, so maybe. Well, that's true. I expect them to bring somebody else in, but I do think they're going to focus more on the run. I honestly, as much as I hate to say this, because I love Deontay Johnson. I think he might be the one who gets hurt most by the, mm. by this deal and Juju coming back because Claypool brings a different dynamic than what Deontay and Juju can do just based on his size and speed. Uh, and so I think Juju and Deontay are going to be the two that kind of hurt each other the most there. But what were your thoughts? I mean, me and you are both big supporters of Juju, so what were your thoughts when you saw the deal?
1: Well, the first thing that I thought was funny is the first thing the day that his contract came out was the story that broke where he said uh, his team got out coached in the playoffs, which anyone that watched it's not exactly... Uh, saying something we didn't know, but not exactly the thing you expect to hear from a guy who's hoping to go back to that team. So it was kind of amusing then that later in the day he decided to go back. Because usually, if you get caught in some kind of interview throwing your coach under the bus, they're not uh, welcoming you back. So I, Pittsburgh is, uh, you know, I liked him there. People forget last year he was. The team's leader in targets, the team's leader in receptions. He had a pretty decent year. He's wide receiver 16. We've also seen that offense supported three top 24 receivers last year. All three of them were in there. I, like you, think it might cap the ceiling of Deontay Johnson a little bit. I still have Deontay Johnson ahead of Juju Smith-Schuster, if I'm being honest, in the rankings. But Juju wanted to be there, wanted to play. You know, if they're really going for it one last time with Ben, um, be interesting to see what happens. And, of course, we'll all probably be depressed uh, about uh, six weeks from now when Pittsburgh drafts another wide receiver.
0: Yeah. Third or fourth round is what they're good at. I mean, hey, it's – like I said, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes for him. I expect him to have another good year this year. Again, it's going to be interesting with what Pittsburgh ends up doing on their offense. But, uh, I mean, I know Steelers fans were happy. I saw a lot of Steelers fans who were very thrilled to have him back there. And, I, again – that's what he wanted to do. I'm happy for Juju, man. I, he's one of the very few Steelers players I, I openly root for, and it's not easy to root for Steelers players. But he's he's just a guy that I, I really like on and off the field. So it, it'll it'll definitely be interesting. I can't wait till obviously. You know, we might have to push it back a little bit this year because we've been doing things a little bit different. But once we get to our ranking stuff where we actually rank all these positions, it's going to be really interesting to see how we rank some of these guys now. I, re- I did not expect Kenny Galladay to go to the Giants or Juju to go back to the Steelers. So it- it's definitely made some I- – I'm going to be honest. The next guy we're about to talk about, I did not expect to go back to where he's going either. So it's
1: uh, – Neither did uh, Dennis, who's Rashad re- yeah. any shares, have now withered on the vine.
0: Yeah, it's uh let's get into that. Chris Carson, 2-year deal, 10.25 million dollars with the Seahawks. However, I will say if you look at the details of the contract, it really only is a 1-year contract. They can get out of it after this year for no money next year. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of that is just because if we've seen Chris Carson the past couple years has gotten banged up, he hasn't really been able to play a full season. So maybe if that happens again, they've got him on that one year deal, they'll be able to get out of there. Dennis is still here, and he says Penny will be just fine. And yeah,
1: because I mean that wide that running back five ceiling he has really didn't get damaged.
0: (laughs) I, I don't, I don't think it's horrible for Penny if he's able to actually stay healthy and get out on the field and produce with. Carson, because I will say I think Penny has a leg up over Homer, and I like DJ Dallas, but Penny's got more explosiveness than DJ. Assuming he's fully back and healthy at, from the at edge one
1: point in time was a first round pick.
0: That is true, although you know, yeah, we've seen teams miss a lot on first round picks, so uh, you know that's not saying much. But Michelle, I was going to go Nikhil Harry, but yeah, that too, him oh, too, oh, so, hey, same okay, team. So so it doesn't matter. Just the Patriots. Yeah, just the Patriots. What uh, what were your thoughts on seeing him? Come back to the Seahawks. What does this do for his at least I guess his dynasty value? Because again, it is a two-year deal, but if you look at the way it's structured, they can get out of it after this year. So it worries me a little bit about his future, but I think at least for twenty twenty one, it's wheels up for Chris Carson.
1: Yeah, I mean, probably still low end running back two territory. I know Dennis had liked the idea of him going to Pittsburgh, and I think, you know, style wise, that would have been a fit. I never Thought that that was going to work money wise because Pittsburgh doesn't really seem to have money and they don't usually splash out on people. I was interested to see if he would go to Arizona because I thought that would be kind of funny and would also help um, the Cardinals. But Seattle is definitely a good landing spot. I just it didn't seem like the team. This is this is an odd case. It didn't seem like the team was sending out signals that they really wanted him back. And then you hear he signed this deal to go back, you're like, well, that's a good fit, but it didn't seem like that was in the plans. We know Seattle wants to run. We know that he's had success there. We know he's a good fit in that offense. Seattle is probably another team that needs to do some work up front. Um, Saying you want to run the ball is nice. Having the assets available to run the ball would be even better, Um, but he's probably low end running back too. We'll have to see if he gets hurt, if he can stay on the field how much of a role Penny plays. Penny kind of had a redshirt season almost last year because of getting a, a big injury late in the game. Um, but you figure he'll be back mixing it in. And he and Carson were splitting and doing some interesting things for a time there in 2019 before they both got injured at the end of the year.
0: So yeah, an opportunity. Yeah. that I think that's my biggest question is how much, how much run Penny's going to get with them right now because I'm with you. If Carson can stay healthy, I think he could easily be a middle tier RB too. I mean, especially with the way they seem to want to go already back to the run. Like they let Russ cook for half a season and like, nah, we're done. We're going back to, to the run heavy offense here. So if that's the case, Carson's going to get a ton of run. They get down in the goal line. I, I think Carson's the better goal line back over Penny. So you're likely getting the touchdowns out of him. But if it's a 50-50 split, I mean, Penny does have that explosiveness that I think is going to be a little bit better than Carson. How much does that matter? It's, it's going to be something to watch. I, I don't – would you be looking to trade Carson if anybody is thinking, hey, he's going to be on a two? Because it just worries me that they can get out of this in a year. I, I feel like really they signed him to a one-year deal when I, when I look at the contract. That's the way I view it. So I don't know – like if you could get a second round pick in this year's draft would you be willing to move Carson even if you're a contender if you're a, if you're a rebuilding team i think that's a no brainer here you'll have Carson if you're contending and and you've got a couple guys that are viable as rb2s but Carson's probably the best right now of that rb2 bunch what would you be willing to move him for
1: i mean i guess if it's a, depends on how big your league is and scoring and also what you have at running back I mean, if you don't have a lot of running backs flipping them for picks, this doesn't seem to be the deepest running back class. So if you're getting a mid to late two, you're getting a wide receiver. If you already don't have running backs, that doesn't make a ton of sense. As somebody who last offseason gave into it and flipped Carson for Amari Cooper and then ended up having to start uh, Jarek McKinnon uh, for a good number of games, in the season, you have to be, you have to be careful. What, what, what seems like solid gold in March might seem like a solid gold nightmare in October.
0: Yeah, that is um, well, and that might be something that you can look at, you know, if you get closer to your trade deadline. I mean, if you're, even if you're still a competing team and maybe one of those guys has stepped up, you move on from him. And if he's having a great season, maybe you keep him. Sometimes yeah. that championship means more, and then you just kind of unfortunately lose him in the off season for nothing. But it's worth it because you got that championship. Or but he's- if
1: you're bottoming out in October, yeah. you know, maybe you've – and he's going the way we all expect, then maybe you can move him for to a contending team for a low-end first. You know, yeah. that would make more sense to me, even though next year's class isn't as, as no, great. It's, but it's, it's bad. But again, if you need, you know, if if you need receivers or a tight end or something, maybe getting a, a middle to late second this year is fine. But if your running back situation is abominable, I don't know that that. Unless you're going into the season just assuming you're going to lose everything.
0: Yeah, I mean it depends on where the second is. There's still a couple running backs I think have some very high upside. I just don't know until we see the NFL yeah. draft because. Some of those guys, if they land on the right team, their value is going to shoot up. Like a Jamar Jefferson or Ramondre Stevens, like if they land on a certain team, their, their value is going to boost. Like I know a rookie drafts, so or nobody's doing actual rookie drafts right now. It's mock drafts, but I've seen those guys going late second, early third. Both of those guys have high NFL upside, you know, and like just for instance, Jamar, there's all this talk that San Francisco really likes it. Well, if he lands with San Francisco – He's not, I don't think, going to make it out of the first round because everybody wants the running back in that Kyle Shanahan offense. So it, it's going to be landing spot dependent on some of those guys. But, yeah, I agree with you. It's it's a little bit of a toss-up if you're getting a, a – if you're getting a high end first if you're, or second, I'm talking like two, one through two, three, I still might do it because the value, especially in super flex that's falling to that area, is well worth it. But middle to late second, yeah, I'm with you. You might want to just wait and see – kind of where your team is at as you approach your trade deadline our guy philip Lindsay signs uh, probably with the worst team for him to sign with in my opinion the houston texans 3.25 million what is
1: houston doing
0: i don't know are they gonna
1: run the wishbone are they just i don't know
0: i mean i will say that i like it in the fact that he's i think a little bit different than what mark ingram and david johnson bring but I don't know how much he's going to get on the field unless David Johnson or Mark Ingram get hurt.
1: Well, no, see that. I guess you and I are a little bit different. I now don't understand their Mark Ingram signing at all. They probably should have waited and he shouldn't have been the first running back to come off the free agency board. Yeah. I think he's the one that ends up kind of putting himself into an odd man out situation. It seems like, especially awesome. the way they built Lindsay's contract with incentives for performance. Yeah. That, they're expecting him to be a bigger part of it, um, but it's it definitely to me it drops his ceiling a little bit. It drops David Johnson, who you know I know Dennis especially was excited about the prospect of a guy you're getting in RB four territory in a draft that could be an RB two. I don't know that that's realistic anymore. And Mark Ingram, I'm not even drafting him.
0: So let's see here. I was trying to read. So his dead cap, it would actually only be 500,000 if they let him go.
1: Mark Ingram. Ingram.
0: Yeah, I was trying to because I remember someone saying that I wanted to go and look at it. He does have some incentives and it's roster bonuses if he's on the roster when the season starts.
1: Yeah, and Lindsey has bonuses for 750 yards, for 1,000 yards, for playoff starts. Oh,
0: God, man. He gets like per-game bonuses as well. So if he's not even starting, he has to be like active on game day to get paid pretty much on some of these. So I don't think... I think maybe they brought Lindsey in as a to compete with Ingram, and whichever one of those is better, they may just cut the other one. I mean, that kind of makes sense now that I'm looking at both of these contracts.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Lindsey ends up the better. Houston has a lot of questions. Um, I don't know how you feel, but obviously with the news – Continues to break about Deshaun Watson I no longer think he gets traded And I'm not even sure he's available for them Even if he doesn't get traded And they seem to think that too They went and got Tyrod Taylor And they traded for, was it Ryan Finley? Ryan
0: Ryan Finley, yeah Yeah, I I think they're bracing for the worst The tweet they sent out was
1: I don't know who wrote the article for ESPN But to say that Dante Moncrief Was bought in to replace Will Fuller Is a bold take
0: well, I can't remember the wording they put on there, but when they put, so I can't remember, what, it was the tweet they sent out when they were like, I don't remember. It was when they brought in Ryan Finley, and it was just very poorly worded. I was just like, that doesn't, they made it seem like this was a great signing for them. I was like, I oh, don't, what? Why? I don't know. I'm not going to, like, I don't want to comment on the Deshaun Watson thing because I don't have an No, facts no, I'm, 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 I didn't want
1: to bring that. No, no, I don't yeah, I know. I didn't like, do that. I just, don't everybody's think he talking gets about traded,
0: it. I'm so now they say, have no picks. Yeah, we're not gonna talk about it because I just don't have enough facts. I don't know. I, I need to know more before I make a comment this way or another. So we understand there's stuff going on. I'm just gonna reserve anything on that until I know more for sure because I've I've seen some of the stuff, but I want to know more before I, I say anything on that. Yeah, uh, my, Deshaun- mine was
1: more just it's hard to imagine and talk about three first round picks and and starters. It's hard to imagine an NFL team really wants to mortgage their future and present right now without seeing some kind of resolution.
0: No, no, I agree with you on that. That's what I'm saying. We, I'm just saying like, as a show, we're not going to dive into that. Like other people are, because I don't want to, I don't, I need all the facts. I'm not just going to go one side or the other and then it be completely wrong. So, yeah, uh Deshaun Jackson signs a one-year deal with the Los Angeles Rams I mean it's intriguing to me he gives them obviously that deep threat uh Matthew Stafford probably one of the better so quarterbacks the one
1: game that's what I was gonna say
0: the biggest thing is you don't I mean I just I don't know how many games he's gonna play so you know the the typical insert best ball wide receiver here line I mean it's gonna be great for that outside of that I mean for fantasy you know is I'll use as like one of my last picks on him if he's still available, just in case he stays healthy. But outside of that, it's not much I'm really looking forward to.
1: I forgot how few games he managed in two years with Philly. I mean, yeah. bef- he, he stayed on the field decently well in the two years prior with Tampa, but in two years with Philly, only eight games was he active, and he only caught 23 passes. It's a tough...
0: And the last signing that happened earlier today, Josh Reynolds signed a one-year deal with Tennessee. I'm actually kind of intrigued by this. I mean, Josh Reynolds has had flashes with the Rams. He's going to come in and obviously, I would assume, kind of take the Corey Davis role. The biggest thing is how much volume will he get? We know that they're more of a, where they were Arthur Smith is gone. Will they continue to be a run heavy offense, but you do lose Johnu as well. So now I think you look at, it, it's going to be Brown and Reynolds are kind of your top two passing targets. So
1: they've got to draft somebody.
0: I'm don't, sure they will. Don't they, will, they
1: leap to the top of the list of teams
0: that are going to be looking to
1: take a first round wide receiver.
0: You know what? I would think so. And speaking of that, Perfect transition there, Mr. Yeah. Fox. Well done. We are going to do this every episode now. We're going to get through about six picks in episode. We're going to give you guys who we think uh, the NFL teams are going to take in an NFL mock draft. I'll recap. Every pick before we make our picks, obviously, this is the first time we're doing it. So we're going to start with the 1-1. We are also doing no trades because it's just too much to try and figure out what teams would actually trade because we also see some GMs, you know, Chicago Bears make really horrible trades. We're not going to do that here. We're just going to assume, which we know is not going to happen. Everybody stays in their spots. We're just going to give the best pick for them. Uh, And this is a consensus. We've got Dennis, who's kind of chimed in. Uh, He obviously doesn't have time to join us on Mondays with his job, but. He's given us kind of his ideas who he thinks would pick, and we're going to talk about them. I'm not going to give you three different picks. It's going to be a show consensus pick for each one. And at 101, the Jacksonville Jaguars, it just doesn't make any sense to not go Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I don't even think anybody brought up anything different. So the second pick, however, is where things get interesting. Matt, you and Dennis both picked Sewell. I think that that is the best place for them to go to. Is there any doubt in your mind that they go quarterback though? Because Dennis did bring it up in the chat that there's and there are a lot of people who think that I still do. I think Sam Darnold is what we thought he was going to be coming out of college. No, but I still think he is a viable NFL quarterback. He's never been given a shot. And I do want to put a lot of that on Adam Gates. They need a great offensive lineman. They've got pieces. I like the coaching staff they have in place there. So if I were the Jets, I would go Sewell. You and Dennis both agree with that. But how, How I guess, concrete are you in that they will actually do that?
1: I'd say I'm 50-50 um, at this point. I think if they fall in love with one of the quarterbacks when they're going along, you can see them making that, that move but it feels like Robert Sala is the kind of coach that is a little more old school and methodical and you build your franchise from the lines out. You know, we've seen them go and try to get some, some better defensive pieces. He's attracted some better defensive players to want to play for him. Um, You know, and uh, shoot, if I was a defensive player, watch what he did in San Francisco, I'd be excited to come play for him too. They've gotten some more complimentary pieces on offense. At some point, they they need to address the running back situation. I find it hard to believe they're rolling with LaMichael P. Ryan as their A, one and only. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them a second-round pick on a running yeah. back. There are quarterback options. I know a lot of people like Wilson, Fields. Um, some of you mentioned Trey Lance. You could see them falling in love with something. You could also... You know, if there was going to be a high up trade, I almost think they're a team that may decide we are going to, try to go with Sam. We're going to maximize the value around them and trade. I I think they're still weighing options. That's that's the tough yeah. the tough thing. But to me, it makes the most sense uh, building long term, especially with the kind of defenses you're facing in Miami and Buffalo and New England to really build out that line because no quarterback's going to fare that well. If you don't have blockers, they're not going to be able to run. They're not going to be able to do anything. So maybe it's a little wishful thinking, but that's.
0: No, I'm, I'm with you. And obviously Dennis is as well. And that's, that's my, my thinking on that is that is we know. Douglas wasn't the one who drafted Darnold. So he doesn't have that connection. He doesn't have that. I have to make Darnold work. So I'm with you. I am 50/50 cuz if Douglas does end up falling in love with one of these guys, you could see a, you know, New England I, I know it would be hard for them to trade in the division, but you look back at some of these teams, you know, in the teens, a the Patriots, uh 49ers who, you know, we hear a lot of talk about them possibly still wanting to get another quarterback, Washington at 19 Do any of these teams maybe then make a move and get Darnold if all of a sudden the rumors are coming out that the Jets are going to go quarterback? I don't think we find out until like the week of the draft. I don't think Darnold's going to get moved before then. So if that happens, and obviously that's going to throw the entire draft board in flux because someone's coming up to get Darnold and then they're taking a quarterback there, which then drops a guy like Sewell, who who I think is probably the best tackle in this class. And you're hoping then that he falls to I guess if you're a Bengals fan, you're hoping he falls to five. I don't know if he would because Miami probably would take him uh, just to try and make sure they secure their offensive line. I don't think their offensive line is quite as bad as the Jets, but they could use someone. Uh, so right now we're going to stick with Sewell, though, here at pick two. That brings up the Miami Dolphins. And I will say, and and you guys can chime in on this too if you feel, I do think this is a prime spot for a trade to happen. Yeah especially if the jets go soul. We do. I've seen, obviously a lot of you guys who watch the show, I'm sure, or listen, probably follow or listen to a lot of the same people on NFL network, radios, Twitter, Teams are falling in love with Zach Wilson. And I think if he falls and then you have Wilson Fields, and I still think Lance is a phenomenal prospect as well. All three of these guys are still available. I do think some team might make that move to jump up to three and try and get that quarterback. So I do think this is a prime spot if the Jets go Sewell for a trade to happen. Again, we are not doing trades. So here at 1-3, did both you guys go Jamar Chase? Yes. Interesting. I think I'd go Chase too. Trying to think of who else i It seems
1: like he's the best receiver. And M- Miami seemed like they, they sure they got Wolf Fuller. Um, yeah. N- no disrespect to Wolf Fuller, but it seemed like they wanted to make a bigger move at receiver um, to get some kind of big franchise receiver. Wolf has some talent. I don't think he's a true number one. Parker, not a true number one. Preston Williams. RIP.
0: Yeah. I mean, Will Fuller, the reason that doesn't matter to me as much as the one year deal, you get Jamar Chase. He's locked up for five years now, more than likely. I, I don't, he, you can't say anybody's not a bus candidate, but Jamar Chase, I think is, at worst, going to end up being like a wide receiver, too, for his career. He's extremely talented. So chances are they're going to pick up his fifth-year option in a couple years. So you've got this guy who I think is going to be a stud. You pair him with Tua moving forward for five years. So, yeah, for me, it is Jamar Chase as well. I, the only other player I was thinking about here is Jalen Waddle, And I only say that hmm. because of what he can do around the line of scrimmage. I still don't and Tua, trust Tua's arm. That's my biggest thing.
1: It also wouldn't shock you if they – they went with Waddle or uh, Devonta because yeah because two has got experience with them, yeah, you know we've it wouldn't be the first time we've seen them pick up a college teammate,
0: yeah, so that that and that was the only reason I leaned waddles just because of what he can do everywhere else on the field. He stands out a little bit more than than chase, but chase is, I think better. so i, I I'm with you guys. I, I have no issue going chase there. Now four for me, and I believe you guys both went where I would go. If this happened for me, I agree with you. it's Justin Fields, and I've always said I've been staunchly standing on this this hill from the beginning. I still think he's closer to Lawrence than Wilson even is to Fields. Fields is a Georgia kid; he's from that hometown. You know, I know that the only thing that worries me is the way they restructured Matt Ryan's contract made it to where it's even harder to get out of after this year. So do you Um, really draft a guy like Justin Fields who might end up sitting on the bench for multiple years then? That's hard for me to say, but I I do think Fields would be – the perfect guy for you to build your franchise around. Again, he's a Georgia kid, face of the franchise. I think he has the highest upside of the three quarterbacks that I have the top, which is it's Lawrence Fields and then Lance for me at three, not Wilson, who I know a lot of people have Wilson at three. Uh, And Fields just with what he can do, you know, I've compared him to – this is very lofty comparisons I understand. Please don't kill me, people. But with the way he is with the ball, I see a lot of Aaron Rodgers in him and the fact that he doesn't make those turnovers. And then he plays a lot like Russell Wilson as well. So he's got immense upside if he can put it all together. So I, I love Fields here. You and Dennis also picked Fields as well. So,
1: And we've seen teams, if they really want to get out of a QB contract, be able to do it. And if I recall, when I was listening to NFL – talk radio they were talking about it would be suicide to dump ryan this year but they could see a path to when they had their capologist he could see a path to moving on next year if that's what they want to do
0: okay see i didn't i know the last i heard about where they restructured it was like yeah now it right. makes it even harder for them to move on from him and i was like oh my goodness i've got it pulled up i think i've got spot track pulled up i can matt ryan let's see here i like how there's like of Matt Ryan in golf too. I did not know that. So next year, his dead cap hit would be uh,
1: 79. 40,
0: yeah. Oh wait, no, wait, 40 million, 40 uh, million, 2023. It'd be 15, which is still a lot. I yeah. mean, I don't know. Maybe they can find a way to restructure it, you know, but like that whole, Hey, you know, why don't you finish out your career as a Falcon backup? Justin Fields. I don't know that. forty.
1: But look, the, they're going to have to do something though. Cause look, he's just, his general cap hit alone the next two years is 40 plus million dollars
0: yeah good hi man
1: so i i doubt any team is eating a 48.6 million dollar cap hit for one player even if the cap goes back up to 220 million yeah that's that's a sizable chunk
0: All right, so here at 105's the Bengals, this is where it looks like we're going to have our first actual discussion here. So, Matt, you put down Kyle Pitts, and I'm actually leaning with Dennis on this one on Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle out of Northwestern. I do think Pitts would be a phenomenal fit in this offense, and part of me would love to see it because I love Kyle Pitts and the fantasy value that bring him pairing him with Joe Burrow. That offensive line is just god-awful.
1: But see, this is the thing. I I had Slater down at first, too. But the more I thought about it, if Sewell's there, they're definitely
0: – yeah.
1: so like if the Jets take a quarterback and it breaks the rest of – I think they're definitely taking Sewell. If he's not there, teams aren't smart. Also, teams tend to take – the guy that they fall in love with that has the best talent. They have some offensive linemen that were hurt last year. that are coming back healthy. They've made a couple of moves. Do they just decide they go get another weapon? I mean, you're talking about a team that was trying to get Kenny Galladay in free agency. Yeah. That tells you they're not satisfied with what they have, even though we think they have – a pretty good set of receivers and running back weapons. Your, the pick Dennis made the way you're talking about that, that makes the most logical sense. I don't think the Bengals are necessarily the most logical team.
0: I mean, they did give, was it Uzoma a new contract last year, I believe. Right. You okay. and Kyle pits. Uh, I'm just, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not comparing the two. I agree with you on that. My only thing, and again, I understand I'm thinking reasonably here, but if I'm the Bengals, I'm taking the offensive tackle because you will likely have a Brevin Jordan and Pat Fryermuth in the second round. I understand both of them are still a step down from Kyle Pitts, but they're also both at least three steps up from the Titans they have on their roster. You get that offensive tackle. I mean, I love Kyle honestly, Pitts. Joe Burrow cannot survive because I love Kyle honestly, Pitts. He's not a blocker.
1: if Penny Sewell... Is taking it too. If I'm the Bengals, I'm trying to like, this to trade out.
0: Right. I agree with you on that. And they might. It would make more sense for them again. And if I can't trade out, I slave. also
1: remember I'm the Bengals and I'm just taking. I, I mean, Jerry Jones took fucking CD Lamb when they, sorry for the swag, but no, took CD fine. Lamb when they, yeah. when it made no logical sense, when the Cowboys had no defense. The heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah.
0: All right, so we're gonna put on here that that Matt is taking Kyle Pitts, but since there's two of us going Slater, that's what I'm gonna put in here on the sheet. Cause while I do agree with Matt and the Bengals of there's a like three teams the Bengals, the Raiders, and um who else am I thinking of off the top of my head that just doesn't make sense when they when they pick their drafts here. But uh I, I do though the Patriots feel like when they seal the teams. That's probably true, too. But I I hope that they do the smart thing and take the offensive tackle to help save Joe Burrow's career because the dude cannot continue to just get dismantled. Again,
1: I I don't totally disagree. I initially put down some... No,
0: no, yeah. I started
1: started thinking, you know, we were talking about it's hard to imagine Kyle Pitts escaping the top 10, and I looked at the other teams that are in, in there, you know... Carolina probably would like a tight end, but they also are really likely to take a quarterback unless there's nothing there. Our next team doesn't make a lot of sense. You just look at, at potential fits. Who's
0: I, I who don't potentially he, I don't looking know. at that? I don't think he goes in the top 10. I really don't. Like, I know that's crazy to and say because of how makes, talented he is. If he
1: makes it down to like a Tennessee, they played the off season perfectly.
0: Well, you know what's crazy is like I honestly think he could, he might. Like, imagine if the Patriots wouldn't have just signed Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry, and he's sitting there. I would put it
1: past Bill Belichick taking. Still draft right. him.
0: I know. <laughs>
1: yeah. Round him up. All right. So the last All fantasy players everywhere just start the, crying. The
0: last team that we're gonna do today is the Eagles at six. Uh, so their top needs are wide receiver, tight end, and quarterback.
1: Which I don't get. Tight end is.
0: I think it's because they like to run so many two tight end sets and all they have – well, assuming – I think this is based on assumption that Ertz is going to be gone. So all they have is Goddard. I don't think that they'll go pits here, though. I I think, for me, their biggest need is wide receiver. I know it's hard to say quarterback because – while I don't think Jalen hurts is necessarily the answer we've seen, I don't know. I guess Jeffrey Lurie's come out and refuted that. He said, do everything you can to make sure that that hurts is the guy moving forward. But that whole organization is a complete mess. So I, I, I really don't know where to go here. So who did Dennis put down fairly, right? Yeah. And
1: so he did his mock draft. I think he said in January, Obviously, it just came out that fairly's having surgery today. Um, okay. So, and also I'm, I would say mo- it's interesting to me that Dennis has obviously fairly over Sertan.
0: Well, I think some of that was S- Sertan did not play great last year. I think Jace Horn is the best cornerback in the draft out of South Carolina. It would be uh, it would be Horn, Sertan, and then um, fairly for me. So I would – I mean, cornerback is a need for them. I just – for me, it's wide receiver is their biggest need. And besides quarterback, yeah. it's just so hard to say they're going go to go.
1: Here, I was tempted to go wide receiver. My thought was if the draft breaks the way we have it and Zach Wilson's there, I just don't believe Philadelphia is sold on Jalen Hurts. As no, they I, I don't yeah. think they would have traded Wentz if he hadn't. Said I'm not playing for you anymore And there hadn't been a bad break with the organization If you're Nick Sirianni God only knows what you're thinking After that introductory press conference But yeah. I would probably be looking at My team is in salary cap hell I have a lot of problems But I know that if I'm going to be successful I have to find the right quarterback You're looking at what the NFC East has become Are you right or dying with Jalen Hurts?
0: No shot. No shot. Zach Wilson is not getting drafted by the Jaguars. There, Felix. No shot. So, that would be
1: fascinating, though,
0: ah, wouldn't it? Though,
1: Good well, old wouldn't Urban you Meyer. say the Jets would definitely take Trevor Lawrence if he?
0: Yes, was there. I don't. Would. I, <laughs> that drops yeah. everything down. There's no yeah. shot that happens.
1: So this is where we're. Right. at. I mean, let's say no shot. Jaguars in the Jaguar.
0: Nah, I trust Urban Myers. He's not that stupid. He's just there's just no way. So we're stuck at – so how – I just – I really think they go wide so receiver. Your, so I think we're – it's now, I guess, between you and me because I don't think either – we both of us disagree in them going fairly. Yeah. I would still go Horn or certain over fairly. And I don't think they go cornerback here. Like, it's a need, but I don't yeah. think it's up there with wide receiver and quarterback even. It's probably their third need. Wide yeah. receiver, I mean, you have at this point – I mean, let me pull up here.
1: Drager, uh, you have Fogum. They already cut Jeffrey. They and they didn't get really anybody. And, yeah,
0: I mean, you've got well, Waddle, Smith, Waddle, Smith, Bateman, Marshall, all available Bro, on the board.
1: My thought is there are a lot of great wide receiver options. They're going to be a fairly high second-round pick. I could see them starting to hammer that second round. I mean, they just took Rager as their top pick so, last
0: year. So we're going to go Zach Wilson. We're going to do well,
1: we don't have to go, Zach Wilson. You can – there is an well, argument to be made that wide receiver is a glaring need. There's also an argument to be made that they have no defense and we still aren't sure what their offensive line is. Philadelphia has plenty of people got a lot to of talk me into.
0: Well, I don't think their offensive line is as bad as, as people are getting. They, they're getting people back. They're away. having a bunch of people Yeah, they're, they're, They'll be, I think, fine on the offensive line. For me, the biggest needs are wide receiver in this order. Wide receiver, cornerback. Or quarterback, quarterback tied so for, yeah, it. So me, yeah, it comes down to no money and no Wilson veterans or left
1: out there. If you don't take a quarterback up here, are you getting something that's that much I mean, better than Hurts? And maybe you're not getting something that much better than Hurts. Well, either way,
0: and maybe I'm looking at this too much from a fantasy side of things because I look at it as. You don't know what you have in Hurts. While I agree with you, I don't think he's an NFL starting quarterback. You don't know that for sure. He played four games. And, and from everything we've heard, didn't get a lot of practice time with the ones and everything. So we don't know what he can be in the NFL just yet. While we both don't think that he can be... I've been proven wrong before. A lot of people didn't think Justin Herbert was going to be a good NFL quarterback. Look at where we're standing now. So at this point in time last year, I feel like there was like five of us shouting from the rooftops that Justin Herbert's going to be good. And he ended up doing that. So I I can't say for sure that that hurts. Won't be good. I don't think he will be. Who am I? I'm sitting in a wooden chair. I'm not an NFL GM. So
1: that being said, NFL GMs might sit in wooden chairs. that's That's
0: true. That is true. I just feel like if you take your wide receiver here, a guy that you think you can build build around, be a guy moving forward, if Hurts doesn't work out for you, likely means you're picking right around the same range next year. You grab a quarterback next year. There's still good quarterbacks coming out next year, in my opinion. It's a dangerous game to play because if what happens if Hurts helps you go 500 and then now you're not in the range to get a quarterback. So I'm going to let you make this pick. I, I, I pulled rank and we took uh we took what was it uh Slater at 5 so I'm going to let this come down to you 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 got it you're sitting on the clock I don't remember what his name is anymore cuz he's horrible at his job but uh you're Philly they they Jeffrey Laurie has showed up and they's fired whatever his name is it's like Matt Fox come on you're my new GM who you picking
1: well I don't want to be associated with that I'm going to say <laughs> what the most Philadelphia move is they're going to take DeVonta
0: Smith Oh, okay. I like it. I, I don't hate it because I do think that they need a wide receiver. All right, so I'm going to recap our first six picks and then we will continue this and go 7-12 through 12 on Thursday with Dennis here. At number one, we stuck with Trevor Lawrence. Two, we still believe that Sam Darnold has a shot. We're going Penny Sewell. Jamar Chase at three to the Dolphins the new franchise quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons, Justin Fields, and they will have a new uh, bandwagon fan in myself. I will become an Atlanta Falcons fan if that does happen. And Justin Fields, again, going there at five, we've got Rashawn Slater going to Cincinnati, although Matt, and I don't disagree with him. Thinks there's a realistic shot that uh, that pick could be traded or they could end up going Kyle Pitts. And then at six, we're going to take Devonta Smith, for the Eagles. So we're almost at an hour. So we're going to try and get some of this talk in now. If you guys have not watched Zack Snyder's justice league, thank you for listening. We'll be back on Thursday. If you have not watched winter soldier, Falcon and winter soldier as well, because we're going to give you guys spoilers. So please turn off the episode. if You're listening on the podcast. We'll see you again on Thursday. We'll have all kinds of NFL draft stuff and everything ready for you. So I'm disappointed turn it off. You, uh,
1: you handed that off. I thought you were prepping the juice box because you were so excited for yourself. No, no, no. I've
0: got no, 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 juice box is not for me. I got my water here. I'm, 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 i you know trying to, trying to stay in shape. Juice box is not good for me. So what I'm going to let you, you're, you've done a great job with all this. Stuff, so yep. I'm going to let you kick it off. You lead us wherever you want to go first. Justice League. Let's, so
1: let's start with soldier, winter soldier because right. i think it's going to be a touch a touch shorter okay uh, we got the premiere uh unlike i believe when wandavision dropped we got two at least yes we did so here here you only get one uh good episode about 40 minutes felt like a lot of setup i don't yes. know about you but personally my takeaway was i enjoyed it not quite as much as i had enjoyed WandaVision which is a surprise also have much less of an idea of exactly where they're going.
0: I agree with the second part. I didn't, I actually really enjoyed the episode. I thought it was interesting to see more, more Falcon. You don't get to see much of winter soldier. It was more Falcon in in the background, but I love the way they address things that you almost never really hear about this. And, And more so when you go the bank scene, yeah. Where he asked and it's something that i'm sure other people think about but it never really crossed your mind do you guys get paid to do this and he's like no we're pretty much just doing this on goodwill that's interesting right because you would expect that they're making all but kinds later, of money. he
1: said he has a government contract so what's your government contract
0: i don't know uh, that well that's the thing that makes it interesting I, I, but i don't know if you can i don't know how that works i must get paid goodwill,
1: at least for okay. being a soldier
0: I would think so, yeah. So, But I thought that was interesting. I did like how they kind of set up. You learned a little bit more about Falcon, how I think he's still kind of processing that Cap's no longer around. Obviously, the bombshell at the end, which I thought really kind of is I think driving toward a divide maybe between Falcon and the government or maybe setting up to some of these people in the government aren't on the side you think they are. I don't know. They're setting up a lot of very interesting things. I liked it though. I did see – I was trying to find the tweet. I think it was Disney Plus that sent it out that this was the – they had the most watched. This was the biggest premiere that they've had, in, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and anything that they've dropped. So clearly, people were all in on that. I think some of that had to do with yeah. how good WandaVision was and setting well, that up. And I do think Falcon and Winter I liked Soldier are more. The episode. No. I didn't. Yeah,
1: it's like it was definitely a different tone. Um, the action sequence at the beginning was was pretty top notch. What what I guess I would say is. Uh, Probably part of it's going in with difference of expectations. I had no idea what WandaVision was going to be about or if I'd even like it. And I was kind of blown away with what they did with the homage to sitcoms and how much fun it was. And it could sucked you in. This one, you felt like you were gonna see kind of Captain America 4, to put it yeah. you know, crudely. And You basically saw like the first 15, you know, the first act of Captain America 4 they're setting up their families, we don't even actually see Falcon and the winter soldier together, Um, winter soldiers, uh, you know, Bucky's arc in that episode was massively depressing especially when you find out, you know, I put together, I'm sure you did before they do the actual official reveal that the older dude that he's keeping company with is some, some sense of penance. You get the sense both these guys are kind of looking, looking for a mission, looking for a purpose. I I think one of the funniest um, memes I saw a while ago was they had the, the screen cap of uh, Wanda and Bucky and Sam from Tony Stark's funeral. And it's like, it's like support group for the people that needed therapy, but instead got their own Disney plus show. And you sort of (laughs) feel that at the beginning, Bucky's actually going to therapy, but you feel like Sam needs that too. And then the way they both get kind of, or, you know, that big reveal at the end, um, which I think we can just say that, that in some way the government's trying to bring back Captain America. That feels like a gut punch to the audience because you feel Sam's pain. It's like a, I don't feel right holding this. Nobody else should have Cap's shield. I'm going to give it to the Smithsonian, the government. Cool, cool, cool. We're going to give it to this blonde dude.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought even more interesting. I'd be curious if this matters at all to you because Obviously, we know in World War II, he carried a gun. He had a gun on his hip, and I found that very interesting. I don't know if that really matters in the end, but the fact that he was standing there with the shield gun on his hip, I was just like, this is, I feel like this is obviously pointing towards something not good at all.
1: Well, you're going to have to get more information, but Cap was unique because he was created with the super soldier serum. Uh, There's no evidence given that they still have that, or else they would have probably made some more. Uh, people. So, is this just a guy now that they're dressing him? Because the other thing you have to remember is, in the beginning of Captain America, before he took it upon himself to use his skills and to get involved in the fight, he was really a PR symbol. Is that what they've brought yeah. back again? Um, which, if you're Sam and Bucky, is going to cheapen, you know, a friend and an yeah. icon, somebody that you served with. But I, my, my biggest, the biggest thing that probably. Was a drawback for me is we didn't get to see those Guys together and I think a lot of the marketing Campaign if you saw that trailer Was the playing off each other They had a good time playing off each other in Movies that was the only bummer With only one episode being released and It being an episode where they're they're never Share the screen That's why I say it I I Still like it I'm all in it just It wasn't quite The high probably because I had Higher expectations and you didn't get yeah i think
0: like i didn't hate that part of it as much mostly because i i do think they're setting up to that i think it's going to be it's going to be phenomenal because as you mentioned in the movies like i I mentioned i watched the uh the legends thing um Mm. recently i think after WandaVision vision ended me and my wife just kind of sat down we watched all the legend things that they had put out so far on disney plus and i forgot how much fun those two are together throughout the movies because it's separated out through so many different movies. You kind of forget the way they play off each other at times. At least I did. And so I think it's setting up for like a really fun, I would assume episode two where they come together for whatever reason and things move forward. So overall I thought it was really good. I I liked getting a little bit more backstory on, Really, I mean Bucky's was by far more depressing, but almost Sam's was in a way too, because he comes back after doing everything he's been you've yeah. found out that his family has struggled without him. He's got like no money. He's trying to save his his parents' boat. You know, find out his parents are no longer here. It really gets disrespected with everything that goes on with the Captain America thing. So and they do set up a little bit of obviously the coming villain organization whatever you want to call it as well in that episode uh a little bit you see someone with some kind of superpowers in some way as well who beats up i don't remember the gentleman's name but the 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 air force soldier that that is in yeah. the with with sam so it's interesting i'm thrilled i can't wait to see what happens i wish it would have done too like you mentioned with with wandavision but it should be fun i expect it's because they're just gonna so try and expand this a little bit longer but
1: well, it's because they wanted you to get into the habit of having a Marvel episode. I think every week of the year, because they have already announced Loki begins the June 11th, Oh, I know. Which kind of tells wait. you where 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 we're going here. Yeah. So no, I, I, it was good, and I look forward to to diving in more. Hopefully, we'll get a better sense of the plot. We'll get you know kind of going a little bit more in episode two. I do like that it does seem like. At least the first one is tending a little bit longer because WandaVision was more close hewed more closely to a half hour. Maybe these are hewing more closely to, you know, a traditional network drama. If you took the co- if you took the commercials out, it's somewhere between forty and forty four minutes.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: Now it's time. So, Justice League. A little bit of the. A- Back history, you know, Zack Snyder um, was handed kind of the keys to this kingdom. Christopher Nolan, executive producer, 2013 puts out Man of Steel, 2016, we get Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, where we get to meet Batfleck, introduces Wonder Woman, all kind of leading to Justice League, which at the time they were trying, DC was trying to, to quickly get their own super team up to kind of compete with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Snyder, while he was working on that, had shot a good portion of the movie from what we understood. His son passed away, and in the wake of that, wasn't really in a position at the time to to finish the movie, so they handed it off to Joss Whedon, and it's always been sort of a mystery. We know Whedon reshot some things, put things together. A lot has come out in the last year since they announced that Zack Snyder's Justice League was coming out about how – Toxic that set was how frustrated The actors were But we didn't really know like what was Joss Whedon what was Zack Snyder Mostly we just knew that the Justice League we got in 2017 Was I didn't hate it But it's yeah I'm
0: with you it's Objectively
1: it not great Yeah. <laughs> so finally Four years later a lot of build up They gave Zack Snyder 70 million Dollars to finish this thing Four hour cut I was super pumped for it. Not sure what I was going to get. Bested my expectations. I loved it.
0: 100% with you. So I'll say the runtime, because that's been obviously the big thing that everybody's complained about. I didn't care. And and mostly because never once did it not keep my attention, even though I knew what was coming for the most part, because I've seen the original version. So you have some idea of where the storyline's going. I was also saying, I can't remember who tweeted this out, but I thought it was right on point. Don't know that Zack Snyder would have actually done this. I highly doubt he would have released this as a four-hour movie into theaters. It may have been split like we saw Avengers do. There was a very realistic, like, I was watching it. Go ahead.
1: The the other thing I'm going to say is I think people forget the director's cut of Batman versus Superman, which is is much better than the theatrical cut we got. Yeah. was over three hours long. This movie runtime with credits is four <laughs> hours and two minutes, but it's like 350. It's yeah. not that big of an expansion. And honestly, the last uh, the last Avengers movie was three plus hours. Yeah. Audiences, especially the kind of audience this is geared to, will sit through it. You're not going to get your oh, five-year-old yeah. to sit through it, but you're not taking your five-year-old to Justice League unless you have some questionable.
0: Um, I, I did. <laughs> I, I did. This,
1: yeah. This four-hour
0: justice. Not this one. Well, my my son did watch it with us. He sat down and watched it, but no, the original one because my wife didn't really want to go see it in theaters, and I did. So I was like, "Hey, Grayson," and he was whatever. But the original one it, I think uh,
1: was PG thirteen. This yes, yeah, and if Cider would have done it, it would always have been R. That's
0: nah, all right. I still would have taken him because I wanted to watch it, but I mean.
1: Hey. When I was in college, we went to a midnight screening of the movie Hannibal. Some dude brought his two-year-old kid with him midnight on a weekday. The first scene, I you know, if you haven't seen Hannibal by now, I'm sorry, it's been 20 years. Yeah, Hannibal Lecter disembowels a dude and throws. That kid starts wailing, and I can hear the dad, "Shut up and watch it. This is my time,
0: bro." (laughs) That's bad. I wouldn't have been that bad (laughs) now. No, like, so I was talking to my wife about it we were watching it, and I really do think, again, I wouldn't have had an issue with it if this would have gotten released in theaters like this. I would have done the same thing. I'd have sat for the full four hours with credits because I would have wanted to watch the end scenes. I didn't care. I was watching. But even if it would have been something like they did with Avengers where they split it in two, like, you have a realistic, I think, transition period after their first battle with Steppenwolf, Right before when when that finally you kind of see them coming together as a team before they bring Superman back. And that's like right at almost the two and a half hour mark when that first part happens. Yes. Like that to me seems like a realistic way to end the first movie and like the second half's getting released later that year or something. It keeps your appetite. So I wouldn't have cared either way. I'd have been fine going to see two movies. I'd have stayed for the whole one. I thought it was, again, I agree. And, and maybe some of it was to a lot of people that I trust, including a lot of the guys at – at the uh my god, why did the website just jump out of my head?
1: Music City Driving.
0: There we go. I wanted to call it movie city driving for some reason. Music City Driving. Hey, that's
1: that's about correct. <laughs> the
0: web All you guys were writing about it, putting out Ricky, Christian, uh, is it Taylor? I always forget it. I, I know it's Jacob. I'm Jacob. sorry, Jacob, Jacob. We're all writing stuff about how great they thought it was like. I was all in before I even I even had a chance to watch it because I do trust a lot of what you guys say about these movies as well. But it did it bested my expectations as well, and it also unfortunately makes me very sad. Well,
1: because you're worried they're not going to continue. Yes, yes. There seems good. to be a little glimmer. I felt the exact same way. The first thing I said to to Ricky, um, and he and I talk about movies kind of all the time. Uh, you know, if you follow the site, I I do a lot of movie reviews and I'm on the movie by the first thing I said is they've got to let him finish it. Cause you know, you heard before it came out Snyder, well, this was going to be the first part of the trilogy. Yeah. And honestly with the money and reception and everything they've gotten, if I'm Warner brothers, I'm like, the hell with it, here's your, here's your money. Let's put, I mean, I, I'll be honest, when the original Justice League came out, I loathed Momoa as Aquaman, and I hated what they did with the Flash. I was like, all these characters suck. I don't really understand who Cyborg is. You know why? Because the way they edited that thing together, they cut out all the story that gave them any kind of arc or character depth. Aquaman, the Flash, Cyborg, they're all incredible in this new cut. I always thought... Affleck was a decent Batman. Yeah, He's I'm with So you. much better the way they restored this arc because you see, the things that they removed from the first Justice League were things that I thought were stupid, that I didn't realize. Like, why do you have a family living in a nuclear fallout town? Yeah, I, I, this is supposed to be a nuclear wasteland. Why are we following this family? I don't care about them. That was apparently something the other dude added because he thought it needed weird Let context. It made yeah. so much more sense without it. The opening sequence when you when Wonder Woman is introduced in Justice League, it was kind of weird the way it happened in the original cut. When you see it here with, with the full plot of what's going on, and it was incredible. Yeah. The way you get to introduce to Aquaman, also incredible. The backstory, getting t- to understand these characters the flashes sequence where you get to see him use his power and see that he's an awkward kid and the scenes with his family. I mean, I teared up a bunch of times. They made it much more emotionally resonant. That sequence between Superman's mother and yeah. Lois Lane. I mean, boy, oh. you make it through that with, with, without any tears. I would question if you have any feelings. Cause I mean, that was like an emotional gut punch an incredible. It was just so much better.
0: And, and I mean, speak about, obviously, the (coughs) the massive reveal right after that scene as well. That just, if you're a fan of the Justice gets you excited. Uh, But, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I didn't hate, I thought Momo was, like, the perfect cast for Aquaman. I loved it. I, I thought he was okay in the original. Obviously, I agree, much better in this one. I loved the opening sequence where it just, they expanded so much more on that opening scene with Batman and Aquaman. I was just like, this is so much better. Immediately, right off the jump, I was like, okay, I I'm like I'm already excited to see where this goes. I agree with Wonder Woman. And I will also say, like, I love the darkness that he brings to yeah. this as well. It's not the campy, like I was the first thing me and my wife talked about. She's like, I never thought I'd see like this much blooded death. In these in in a, in a superhero movie, I'm like I know, like that's what we had hoped for. At least I did, after watching Batman, Superman, and the director's cut. I was like, I like that they're taking this a darker path because mm-hmm. I just feel like DCU's always been a little bit darker than Marvel. And you're not trying to make it campy mm-hmm. like Marvel has. And I like that they continued that as well in this.
1: Well, and you know, one of my favorite superhero movies of all time is Watchmen. Which was done by Zack Snyder, and I know certain people don't don't care for that, but I've always loved it. I saw it four times when it came out of the theater. I like the dark, gritty tone, the use of music to set mood. This was probably the closest I've seen him come to that since, and it, you know, it reminded me. Even I rewatched Man of Steel with my wife getting ready for it. There are parts of that movie that I don't, you know, I thought the prolonged action sequences went on a little bit long, but you forget there are just some truly beautiful character beats. That was what I liked so much about the director's cut of Batman versus Superman. I just think they need to have the courage to let Snack Snyder do his thing and let it be longer. People don't care if you have a longer movie, if there's a worthwhile payoff, it seems like every time they edit him down, they take out the story so the movie doesn't make sense and preserve these action sequences. I like action sequences, but action sequences have more resonant power and meaning if if they're earned. And yeah. so by the time they resurrect Superman, you have spent so much time with these people and seen their struggle and their passion and their loss and their trying to come together. And you understand what their mission is. You understand that Superman's death kicked off this thing not only because he was somebody they were afraid of but literally his crying out set the mother boxes off yeah i mean i thought that was all fascinating
0: all right so let's go back a beat here we'll try and wrap this up quickly because we're we're going at like an hour 15 now but back to you just talked about obviously the great scene between what we thought at the time was Martha and Lois until she leaves the apartment. And then you realize it's not Martha. It's actually John Jones, John Jones, the Martian Manhunter. I geeked the hell out when I saw yeah, that because that I really never good. expected it. And that's one of the things I brought up to my wife is like, I love that. I just wish this would have been in theaters because it just, it changes so much about that stuff moving forward. But what, what were your thoughts when that happened?
1: Yeah, I thought that was that Was really great, and then the coda when you see him kind of coming back and talking to Batman. I feel like they were setting up Flashpoint. Yeah. Because when they they when Batman alludes to I thought you were just here and told me Lois is the key, and he has dreams of what seemed like an alternate future. And John Jones tells them the fight's just beginning, you know, dark side's coming, there's a bigger threat out there. If they don't, if Warner Brothers doesn't shift gears and let them complete this vision now it's going to be a true shame because i think this has reinvigorated people's passion for it uh, and you know i i'm super excited about the potential future and it does sound like they're they're leaning toward going that way um which i think would be great and there's room i know They started down a certain path with uh, Robert Pattinson as Batman, which I can't wait to hate watch that because I think it's going to be a hot mess and one of the worst (laughs) films of all time, but there's room to have things going on parallel tracks and to, to bring this, this back together. And you get the sense that the actors that were part of this are very passionate about it and really enjoyed being part of that process with Zack Snyder and would be happy to continue with him.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, they even mentioned it. Was it um, who was it that mentioned the the Joker at the end of the movie? Yeah. Mentions right the up. multiverse as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. when he's like, "How many? I wonder how many multiverses you've destroyed by not." And what he is sacrificing the lowest by, 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 is what it yeah. sounds like. Yeah, so it, it's gonna be interesting. So I, I'm with you though on Martian Manhunter. It was awesome to see him. I hope that they continue setting that up moving forward. We got to all... Now, correct me if I'm right on this because it's obviously been a long time since I've seen the original. I didn't go back and watch the original. Did we actually see Dark Side in the original movie? Because I don't remember no. you actually... Okay, that's what I no. thought. I-, I thought it was... No, that was all... The movie sequence, it was, it was all Stephen Wolf. Forward. That's yeah. what I thought. Okay. I just wanted Which to... Which you can
1: see now the kind of sequences and how they were edited together and changed. You don't really get the history. You don't really understand why he's there or what those things are yeah um, because they they had to omit so much of it probably because it was shot for a different kind of storytelling
0: yeah all right so i'm trying to think of what else to touch on obviously i will say i hope that they continue or find a way to bring affleck back as batman i don't my biggest thing is this is one thing i hate if you watch the, was there anything else you want to talk about movie-wise before we get to the epilogue stuff? Because that there's very no, fascinating stuff good. in there as well. Okay, the Lex Luthor part in the original, he does not tell Deathstroke that Batman is Bruce Wayne, and I in the original like,
1: he doesn't appear in Justice League. Deathstroke, Le, Lex Luthor, Dex, Deathstroke. Yeah, they're, they're at not, the very end
0: on I the boat. They don't. Yeah, at the very end of the crisis no, you see No, in
1: the new version, but in the original Justice League, he wasn't in it.
0: He was. They were in it. I remember. They they uh-huh. don't do any of the talking part. It's just him showing up and he mentions something about setting up a the 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 Legion of I'm going to say the Legion of Doom. I know that's not right because that's a wrestling group. Um what is it? Uh their their version of the Justice League on the evil side. Like Lex Luthor mentions that on the boat. He never mentions anything about Batman or Bruce Wayne. That never happened. And it was like a quick, not even 30 seconds. It's very short. Because that's when everybody got excited because you see, uh, I don't know how to say his last name, but Joe, is it Magna?
1: Mangione. Mangione. Yeah,
0: I, I, I don't know how to say it. But he's a good actor. Magic Mike. He's also in True Blood. Great guy. He. Uh,
1: I like that Magic Mike's your first go-to for well,
0: I mean, he's very well known for Magic Mike, so I don't know how many people watch True Blood. Women love Magic Mike. He obviously shows up as Deathstroke in that, and it's a massive thing, and it, from what everything you hear at the time, and now you see it in Zack Snyder's thing, was that was supposed to set up the standalone Batman movie of him against Deathstroke. And now you see why, because you clearly see they have some kind of thing going on, and then Leslie tells them, that's Bruce Wayne, so... I hope that we're still able to find a way to get that, but I don't know if that happens because it almost seems like Affleck is, kind of doesn't want to do Batman at all, ever again.
1: I don't know. He's he's made it sound like he's a little more open to it since they've gone into the, the cider cut. I You have to wonder, when he got burned out and kind of moved away from it he had some personal turmoil which hopefully yeah. he's, he's been able to come past but also i think about that period a little bit differently now that we've had you know ray fisher and and affleck and Gal Gadot and henry cavill talk about it wasn't a very good experience apparently working with joss whedon and yeah we'll just kind of leave it at that but i wonder how much that soured them on the the whole thing and after seeing what the original vision for this movie was and knowing what got released in 2017 and how much they got derided for creative decisions that they probably didn't care for themselves i it's more understandable that he would have been a little burned out
0: yeah and so last uh, the last thing on the epilogue there's obviously we get to see a little bit more extended time of uh, Jared Leto as the Joker uh, just kind of your takeaway from that. It's obviously if you it, it's an extension of the apocalypse premonition that Batman has uh, obviously a little bit different. It goes a completely different way in the original one. This one is more of just like a talking, kind of showing you the heroes and slash villains that have survived up until this point, clearly indicating that something happened to Lois Lane. Superman is now evil, which we've seen happen in comic books. It's happened in some of the animated movies, Aquaman, video dead. games, yeah, video games as well, where Lois Lane is killed or murdered by somebody. I, obviously, in the movies, they're hinting toward it being dark side. A lot of, I think, in the comics, the storyline is Joker is actually the one that kills her, not, uh, not, a uh, dark side or Lex Luthor. And it leads to Superman kind of going this dark path. The same thing in, if you've watched the Justice League animated series, I think it was on. Cartoon Network uh very had a a very good run of uh I think it was probably 10 to 12 episodes of the same thing they go into a multi-universe because Superman has gone evil because of Lois Lane being killed so your thoughts on Leto though as a Joker because I've seen some people really enjoyed it I'm gonna be honest still not a not a big fan I, I didn't think it was great
1: I didn't mind it uh you know he has his own certain style um the other big thing i think is he references again in that back and forth a little bit of what we got a glimpse of in batman versus superman which was kind of the dark what maybe made batman a little bit more bitter is you know the untimely and violent death of robin you know which he throws right back in his face a little bit there at the end dystopian vision um i I thought it worked it was it was interesting it definitely made me more curious about what potentially could happen
0: sorry i was trying to find something so i found the the original one i'll send it to you because it's not at all the uh, i don't even know how to explain it
1: no i just i looked it up you're you're right i must have blacked it out because i watched I rewatched the old justice league recently, but I don't think I watched through the credits. I forgot. The credits, yeah. credit. I forgot. Cause that was the first one of DC that had post credit. And I'm pretty yeah. sure it's because of Whedon.
0: Yeah. And it was, well, he like, was like,
1: doing them for Marvel.
0: Yeah. I, I watched it. And again, it's not, he, he talks about, we need to form a league to combat. It's like completely different than what you get yeah. on, on the Snyder's cut. So yeah, it's, it's thank God. I so,
1: that. so yeah. The, you're hope, right about
0: that. the hope is obviously they continue moving this forward. I mean, it's going to be interesting because we already know flashpoint is, I believe in, is it pre-production or already in production?
1: <sighs> yeah, I think they've been working on it. See a lot of post the debacle that was the original release of justice league. A lot of the plans for how the DCEU, uh, the yeah. extended universe was going to go got changed and kind of tweaked Aquaman was you know, tepidly received. Obviously wonder woman, 1984 people were pretty excited about it's not terrible, but it's not incredible. I'm hoping this kind of re- rejuvenates it and then get back to the other question about flashpoint is Ezra Miller has some, some legal and personal issue issues. So it's fair to wonder. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, I know for sure, but is it a uh, Billy Crudup? Is it Crudup or Crudup? I don't know how to say his last name. Crudup, he yeah. won't be back uh, as his father because of scheduling conflicts. I did see that. So, I mean, not a yeah. massive role, I guess. That's something probably going to be plus Ezra Miller. Yes. Uh, I mean, I've seen the video. So, yeah, it's, uh, he's, he's got some things he he's to He's got started. his
1: own Deshaun Watson situation to take care of.
0: Yep. All right, so that will do it for us today. Apologies for, for going long. I mean, if you didn't stay for the superhero yep. stuff, then you cut out like a 50 And if you, anyways, uh, if you are interested in um,
1: the DCEU this week for my Thursday column binge
0: watch, I'm ranking
1: uh, the 10 films that we have in the DCEU with the new Snyder Justice League
0: all right so definitely check that out on musiccitydrivein.com not moviecitydrivein so just to just to clarify because i did say both in case anybody forgot so we will be back again on thursday probably talk a little bit of nfl draft if any more free agents sign we'll talk about that and then we'll obviously continue doing our mock draft with dennis everybody have a great day and we'll see you guys again on thursday
1: prepare for
0: glory you got your pop I came like out the wolves ready. And he's in the end zone
1: for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football,
0: Steve. Throwing up above his head, they can't jump with me, guys. Only tackle him at the 40-yard Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs> <laughs>